do you want to redo the in the dark bit so that it doesn't come off like you didn't know my name? Uh, no. Are you sure? Because <laughs> I'm fine with doing that. Yeah. If you want to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let it be what it is. Yeah. Because I, mean, I think it's just being a dumb it? idiot. Okay. If that's all right. So that wasn't awkward or anything. This is the end of all things, and I'm Rob Cutforth. I used to have only two rules for this podcast. Uh, One, that it would feature people from the northwest of England, writers. And two, that it wouldn't have any readings. Um, I'm adding two more rules to that list now. Uh, One, maybe find out exactly what it is your guests do before you have them on your show and uh, don't get their night mixed up with another one. Um, That was seriously embarrassing. And also, perhaps don't go to a football match the day before and drink beer all day. Um, Because this, there's not, I don't actually offer a lot more in this interview other than, mm -hmm, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah, okay, ooh, yeah. And um, that is Bush League, let's be honest. Um, this The interview itself is actually quite good, and it's, it's a miracle that it's as interesting as it is because um, I didn't have much to offer, and the only reason it is any good is because my guests, Nija Dalal Small and Fat Roland, are pros, basically, and they've done this sort of thing a million times before, and they're naturally, naturally great and uh, picked up the pieces um, I promise you as a listener, this will be the last podcast you hear where I do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thing again. Um, that is gone. I, <laughs> I will make a concerted effort not to do that again. Um, so yeah. Neej, bloody hell. She also rumbled me on this podcast, ripping off Mark Marin, uh, which it unabashedly does. Uh, I've taken the format, the Mark Marin show format uh, and can you trademark a format? I hope not, because it took me fucking ages to set it up this way, and uh, I have no intention of changing it until he sues me. I don't think I sound a lot like him at all, and I don't talk about the same things he talks about. I'm certainly not a recovering addict, and I am not a de- I don't have depression, I don't think, but I've certainly nicked the format. I suppose I should say, if you like the format of this podcast, listen to his as well, as if he needs any more fucking listeners. He's got about a gazillion. But anyway, she's kind of told everyone on Twitter already that I've stolen it. Uh, So I guess I have to come clean. Does it matter? Hope not. Well, you can come and get me if he wants. Bring it, Mark Marin. No, don't. Um, You have lots of money and I haven't got any. Um, It's Halloween this weekend. Uh, which is a big deal for some people. Uh, I, When I was a kid, it was my favorite holiday. But I have become the worst kind of homeowner. It's the one that your kids hate, and it's the one that, if you have kids, that you hate as well. Because I turn the lights off and I don't let any kids in. I know, and that's uh, I'm just the biggest gravy trainer there is. Took advantage of it when uh, I was a kid and loved it. So, But the thing is, right... I can get away with doing that 
in England because they're still not really sure if they do Halloween or not. Um, there's still quite a strong contingent of people who say, you know, Halloween is an American thing. Uh, so I kind of just piggyback onto that when uh, people ask me why I don't hand ki- candy out to the kids. We do bonfire night in this country. And then, you know, as soon as Halloween's over, then I start moaning about bonfire night because I f- hate the fucking fireworks and the stink. So, yeah, I'm just a barrel of fun. Um, I think it comes down to being 40, really. In this episode, I talked to Nija and Fats about their nights in the dark and bad language. And this podcast was going to be about podcasting and radio because my two guests have uh, experience in both. And I thought, oh, wouldn't that be cool? You know, a meta podcast about podcasting. It was going to be about that, but the conversation kind of got really interesting and went in a completely different way. And that's kind of what I try to do when I'm interviewing people. I don't want to have a big structure. I do have some ideas and I have some questions, but if the guests decide to ignore those and do their own thing, then by all means, I'm happy to let that happen. And what this podcast ended up being about was the Manchester scene in general and blogging, strangely enough, a lot of blogging stuff and... Fats comes clean about a secret blog he had to prove a point, which is quite interesting. And we also talked about, we also tried to figure out how to attract more women and uh, people of color to nights in Manchester. And there's an interesting discussion that uh, went on around that. And I know I've just said people of color. And the only reason I said that is because that's what Nietzsche says in the podcast. I know it's an Americanism. Basically, the scene is white and man is fuck. So we need to find ways to attract people who don't look uh, like me, basically, because we've got more than enough. Um, if you've got any ideas, let us know. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting discussion, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. is well it's an organization that started in london and i am one of the people that runs the manchester branch of it Mm -hmm. and what we do is try to really celebrate radio really bring good innovative creative radio up to the level that people think about film that people think about arts or people think about even things like live literature nights so we try to get people together into a room or into some space we turn out the lights and we curate a whole night of great radio from around the world, whether that's people telling stories, whether that's um, a really interesting interview, old radio that people can't hear anymore, bits Mm -hmm. of archive, soundscapes, um, or just just really creative ways that people play with sort of music and sound effects and things like that to tell a story. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of it is about collective listening when people are together in a room and the lights are out, they give the sound an attention that you just find it very difficult to give when you're alone at your house and doing the washing up. And it's about taking radio out of those traditional spaces that are very, you know, on your own, isolated, mm-hmm. at home, and bring it into a space where people can you know, have a, have a nice laid-back evening, have a pint, mm-hmm. but give it attention. 
yeah. give it the room to actually play on your mind the way that that producer has intended because mm-hmm. um, a lot of radio is is you know the today program news talk blah 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 mm-hmm. and it's meant to get information out there but a lot of radio is very carefully produced it is very carefully made and we really like to celebrate that within mm-hmm. the dark so yeah we run the nights uh, every few months we we curate little bits of radio, we mm-hmm. present them, and we always tell you the name of the producers. And um, <laughs> yeah, you can tell this is a show that you've put together. <laughs> celebrate the producer. Yeah, celebrate the producer. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, these days podcasting is bringing good radio to so many people's ears. Yeah, maybe not this one, but other podcasts. <laughs> well, I mean, the the surge of things like ninety nine percent invisible radio mm-hmm. lab. That has made radio producers into, you know, household names. Right. Jad Abumrad is a literal MacArthur genius. Right. You know, that's a huge deal. And we just want to to make a space for that to happen in mm-hmm. Manchester for people. Um, and I, I think that's also what's nice about it, sorry, is that it's a really, really laid back night. Yeah. So you're not watching someone on stage performing and feeling like you have to applaud mm-hmm. or like you have to make a connection with them. Um, and you're also not watching a movie, which is like, it, there's something about being in the dark, the sensory, it's, it's not going to be a sensory overload. Yeah. It, 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 in the dark also, it sticks in your mind. Yeah. So there's still a couple of stories that really stayed with me. And was it the one about the plane going into the Empire State Building or something? Yeah, yeah, ago? yeah. Which night was that? Was that survival you were uh, at? Yeah, maybe. Survival, yeah. And then the guy who was blind taking his baby out for the first time. Yeah. Like, I still talk about that story now. Yeah. So there's definitely something yeah. in the way it's set up. So can people... It stays in your mind. Yeah. Right? It's good. And that's... The, it's the, the darkness that makes it stay in your mind, do you think? Yeah. And I really struggle with that as a concept, personally. Because mm. I can't... I need distractions all mm. the time, mm-hmm. like really, really. Um, I yeah, like so for, to, to keep me in that room without going yeah. mad. So like, do people yeah. contri- contribute stories, or is it is it you? People can contribute stories, yeah. Right. If they if they want to send stuff in, they can send send things to us. If they produce things, they can send things to us. If they want to just suggest something that we should hear and maybe play out at a night, they can mm-hmm. do that. Um, it's it's usually me and a few other radio types collecting stories that we really really like and seeing how they can fit into a theme and then and then putting together a night mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean I, th- I think the reason that it works because I'm also somebody who really needs distraction I think the reason that it works is because a good radio story told well can be a distraction but it's because you're in that room with all those other people mm-hmm. that you can't just get up and go start tidying up <laughs> yeah. you can't go you can't just walk away from it because you're, yeah. you're in so it's, there it's like life it's almost like theater it's a night <laughs> right it's okay. a it's a live night mm-hmm. you know um and it's just a different way to to spend a a weekday evening yeah. it's quite nice also i mean i think um there were a lot of nights like bad language and stirred mm-hmm. and i choose those two because they're probably just one couple of the oldest ones yeah the other room has been going a while but um there's lots of very fairly similar nights or nights with similar flavours. Mm-hmm. And it's always quite nice when a night appears and it's genuinely doing something quite different. Yeah. Um, I, I can't... I, doing something different. I, I can't think of another place. Well, you said they, they do it in London as well. They so do it in London. Of, right. Yeah, so the organisation sort of started in London and um, 
and me and a friend brought it up to Manchester and right. then he kind of immediately fucked off to London. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, was, I was left with it after one event. He's not the first event. person that's done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after we did one Funny event enough. together, yeah. I, was, I was left holding the bag. And, yeah. um, you know, our first event, we didn't have loads of people come out, but the few people who did were just really, really enthusiastic about it. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to keep it going in, in whatever form I sort of can, but it's always about capacity and... Mm-hmm. I should point out my reference then was because I'm doing bad language mm-hmm. because two bad language people bogged off to London. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's true, yeah. 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 But they were a couple. It's not like it was two separate incidents. Well, we made them leave. Yeah. In, in many ways, we made them, we made, we, we chased them out. Forced them out. Manchester's <laughs> lack of work in any kind of literature-based <laughs> yeah. organization yeah. made them leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's happening here today? With your show, your bad language man, yes. king of the literature nights. We're gonna have a lovely time. Yeah. We're gonna we'll have a we're gonna have a whist drive. A what? We're gonna have a whist drive. Do you know what whist drives are? No. It's what old pay people play in in community halls. Oh, like the card game. Like W H I S T. Yeah. Whist. So we're gonna so right. we're gonna do that. Okay. And uh, Joe's gonna bring a cassette tape player, and we're gonna listen to "Who Let the Dogs Out" by the Baha Men over and over again all night. No, it's not. Oh, that. Yeah. It's not that. Um, we should probably say we're we're upstairs in in Gulliver's mm-hmm. in the Northern Quarter. In their very grand room. Yeah. Which is probably why it sounds a bit boomy. Is bit it? Boomy. Oh, is this going to be terrible for, for the audio? Yeah. But, but See, I'm talking to two audio people, which is a bit... Uh, you should be able to hear if it's boomy or not. And yeah. Oh, yeah, I can totally hear. If, yeah. it, if it is, you can turn the levels down. Yeah, it's fine. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's not booming. We can huddle. We'll huddle touch. If needs to be. Do we take, turn the lights off? You can uh, probably EQ it. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. Don't worry. Oh, God. Why have I invited you on this podcast? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about right. it. Right. So, so tonight uh, in this room, we have... Tales of Bad Language. Yeah, which so it's is, two writing nights smashed together. Yeah, so Tales of Whatever, which is uh, true tales told without notes. Mm-hmm. And Bad Language, which is a monthly uh, literary open mic night. And Nord winning, best in the UK. All that. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and every December we normally get together and we do a bit of a mashup right. of each of our kind of performers. Yeah, and um, we thought this year we'll do it for Manchester Science Festival. So right. it's our first thing for the Science Festival, and um, it's it, it's going to be really sciencey. Well, obviously this will come out after, so it yeah. was it was immense. Uh, Fifteen thousand people uh, <laughs> turned up. It was a crush. It was, it was an yeah. investigation yeah. into causes of the crush. But it, it, it won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It won multiple multiple awards uh, before the court cases. About well, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. What do you guys? Because you have your performance night as well, Nietzsche. Yeah. What do you think makes for a good performance? That's both for both of you, really. So, well, I write creative nonfiction, which which means very often when I'm doing a performance, um, it's me choosing how much of something that actually happened to me I want to share. Right. And so, so very often for me, a good performance is, is making sure that, that I haven't uh, put too much out there. Because in a, in a live performance, there's, there's a really fine line between um, here's, here's me, here's this story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 
probably not important, but here's why I'm sharing it, and, and mm-hmm. hopefully people can relate to it. And, and, the, and the other side of that fine line is super uncomfortable for everyone. Yeah. Right. Um, is that what you, you're going for that or you're trying to avoid that? No, I try to avoid that. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't write to make other people uncomfortable. And I do. There's one, there's one story that I've shared. I haven't actually written it out, but I've shared it at Tales of Whatever before, mm-hmm. which I know makes people uncomfortable. And the, and the only reason I've done it is because I feel like it's a really important story. But usually for me, that's not about, that's not to be, you know, when, when I'm trying to make someone uncomfortable because it's a really tough story, the judgment isn't whether or not that was a good performance. Mm-hmm. The judgment is, is actually on the, on the story itself, mm-hmm. right? But if I'm, if I'm asking myself what makes a good performance, yeah. then making everyone uncomfortable is not, not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I know that it's a lot of what stand-up comedy relies mm-hmm. on. It's a lot of what, what different, you know, different forms of theater rely on, um, I was at this Belfast comedy festival thing the other week with this really, really frightening, like, bouffant mime. Oh, my God. Who was really, really, really overwhelmingly terrifying in, yeah. in his way of interacting with the audience without talking. <laughs> like, oh, God. And it was, it was stupendous. You know, it was right. meant to make us uncomfortable. Yeah. That's what it was supposed to be. He got it right. Yeah. Uh, many of us were terrified the entire time. Yeah, I have a hard time with that. Yeah, thing, but. yeah, but um, yeah. So, for, but it, you know, also it's all the normal stuff about performance. You know, you got to practice it first. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you didn't put too many words into the sentence, such that you're going to confuse yourself when you're actually reading it out loud. Yeah. Um, there's there's all those things. Yeah. What do you think, Ben? I, I, it, for me, a good performance is about generosity. I think mm-hmm. so. You can go on stage so your voice is heard by the room. Mm-hmm. Or just you want to get to the end of your really long story or performance piece mm-hmm. because you're on stage, or you could understand that the whole point of it is the audience having a good time, whatever that might be. Yeah. Um. And the best performers I've seen have been really generous with that. Mm-hmm. So they've understood that it's kind of all about connection. Yeah. And giving the audience more than just your words at them. But understanding yeah. that an audience response is, you need some kind of emotional response, yeah. whatever that is, even just a light-hearted piece. Yeah, it's still emo- an emotion. Um, what so, what emotional response were you going for with Kraftwerk Badger Spaceship? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think I think so. That was my Edinburgh, Edinburgh show. show. Yeah. Um, I I all I was going for that was just surviving the Edinburgh <laughs> and not dying um, metaphorically and physically yeah um, did you? no I had one I had one bad performance I yeah. think of the whole thing one night where it really stank yeah <laughs> just one but the rest were great yeah um, I, I think for I wanted my show to be a real treat for the audience, so I'm throwing everything but the kitchen yeah. sink at it. So I'm constantly confounding expectations and kind of it twists and turns in um, in tone and in yeah. content throughout. Um, and as a result of that, um, hopefully the audience kind of enjoyed it. And if there was yeah. a bit that wasn't quite there, it doesn't matter, there's something else yeah. coming along. And then actually, then having the threads of the show, which then kind of held it, 
held it together because yeah. there was a wider comedic narrative that actually had there's a double punchline at the end of the show and all that kind of stuff yeah those sort of payoffs hopefully landed really satisfactorily yeah well, so, it did so, so, nice so so they, they'd feel that um yeah and, and actually the, the show ended up being way stronger than the preview yeah um oh thanks for that yeah, yeah. the preview so the one we saw was totally shit yeah it was awful yeah. it was really bad <laughs> and uh no it was, it was fine <laughs> it's fine but it wasn't it wasn't the complete show right um uh, so that that generosity is just like you, you, it's not just about you doing words at people. Yeah. It, it's about giving the audience a whole variety of things they can hook into. Yeah. And I think that takes a lot of listening as well, actually. Yeah. Uh, and and to other performers, to to the audience, right? And just seeing how the audience is taking this and where the audience is going as you as you're performing. Yeah. Well, I think especially for people, who, speaking from my own experience, doing it for the first time or doing it being new. It's terrifying, um, so I, I think if once you've done it a few times, you can kind of do that sort of you know big picture kind of thing. But just to kind of how would you survive your first one? Well, I've, I've got two tips. Sorry, okay. Nija, I'm jumping in. You go first. Well, no, no, I was just gonna say like I I I really agree with you about that generosity thing, and I think that generosity it can it can start at the at the lowest lowest levels of of making sure that you are speaking at a volume that the person in the last row can hear you, which is, which is such a small thing, you know, yeah, or, or yeah. not being afraid to talk into the microphone, which, which is such a small thing. And I mean, to me, for that person who's, who's getting up for the first time, like A, if you're in Manchester and you're doing it at bad language or at first yeah. draft, um, Abby's night, you had her on the first mm -hmm. podcast or, you know, or, loads of other nights I mean there's so that's completely leaving out all the millions of like poetry nights that mm -hmm. are on in this town yeah um you know if you're in Manchester and you're doing it here for the first time you're doing it at any of these nights you're super lucky because they've all got wonderful audiences mm -hmm. that are super thrilled to have new people yep. getting up there yeah um there was an interesting I had a tweet from somebody and I, I think I know him. You know him, Grant Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I've met Gee. him, but I can't think yeah, of. Yeah. Anyway, he had a really interesting point about that. He said, "Do you think Manchester is too supportive in a lot of ways?" That could be true. I mean, I did hear, like, on your last podcast, I did hear you talking about how you you like literature nights, but yeah. you don't come to many because a bad one. I'm. I, I'm just. Yeah. Is just so awful. Yeah. yeah. And. Um, and I'm, it's because I'm a horrible person, really, more than, you know, worrying about... <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. Mm. Because a, a bad... The thing is that a bad performance does make you uncomfortable. And yeah. if you're out of a weekday evening, having gone to work that day and having to go to work the next day, being uncomfortable and sad for someone on stage... Yeah or embarrassed or just feeling like really cringy that, or like that was that was racist yeah, yeah. that's not okay like no. that's not how anyone wants to spend no. a weekday evening but I, I think that's not my biggest problem my problem is when people are overconfident their first time mm. or they're drunk or they I think the worst thing you can do is bring all your mates because that's whenever whenever someone's done that it's usually terrible because mm. they over cheer them mm. and uh, blow them up but I don't know if that's Mm. Yeah. Sorry, you mentioned you had two tips for new ones. Okay, so yes, yeah. oh, but yeah, okay, so very quick diversion yeah. then. Sorry. Um, the two tips were told to me by Socrates and the writer. Yeah. And. Um, yes, now I can 
tweet him when I do this podcast. Yes. Yeah, mention lots um, of people, writers, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually, if I spoke to him tomorrow and said, do you remember those two tips, he'll know which, exactly which ones they are. Yeah. Um, and the first one is, for your first ever reading, try and do something humorous. Yeah. Because that instant audience response, audience response you get from that will just give you that little bit of confidence yeah. to, to do it again. Um, to try something humorous and the second tip is to read slowly mm, and it's yeah. a really really basic thing particularly for new people on stage to breathe to yeah. breathe yeah. slow down and if you are reading more slowly than feels comfortable if your brain is going mm. this is just a bit too slow that's, that's about right that's exactly right yeah but um, also just like just practice reading it before you get on stage yeah. like I, I feel like I see a lot of people get up there and you have this moment of you've never actually read this out loud before. You wrote it down, it's mm. in your hand, mm -hmm. but you've never actually said all the words out loud at, at any volume yeah. to anyone. And, and yeah, I think they're, you, just things you, they're just things you find. Yeah, you and they that. don't time it either, which really annoys me. When they go over time, yeah. that makes me crazy. As an audience member, and I, I can only imagine what it's like for you guys who are <laughs> organizing the thing, but when I'm watching that and I'm like, I know how long this is supposed to be and they're going over, I think, I just think, you're a bastard because you're taking out someone else's time. With, with bad language, we tell people it's a four-minute slot. Yeah. And it's not unusual for people to do maybe six minutes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and we had one night uh, this year where, great night, everyone had a good time, mm -hmm. but all but one of the people did six minutes. Every single, apart from one person did four, everyone did six minutes. And that was a major problem for us. Yeah. We had a really tough well, you must, time. Would you finish at midnight or something stupid? Uh, no, we finished at three minutes past ten. Right. Because uh, Joe and I get allow enough flex in the night yeah. to be able to cope with stuff. Yeah. But it just makes running it really difficult. Yeah. Yeah, because then you're rushing. You're, you can't, you know, it, I think the comp pair has, can have an, uh, um, a relationship with the audience as well. And that's completely robbed. And, and literature nights for me is all about the comparing. Yeah, particularly if it's open mic, because if like the bad language open mic, we can't control how good that is. Yeah, because it's first come first serve. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we reserve half the spaces also for people that have never performed a bad language before. Oh gosh. So you're more likely a bad language to see someone who's completely new right. to the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and and so you so that's there's no control of quality there, although there is because I think probably a rep, the reputation of the night probably controls that to, to quite a large extent mm -hmm. but you're more likely to get people that aren't quite as confident and aren't quite as polished but if you compare compare it in a way that is strong yeah doesn't matter yeah it doesn't it's fine it doesn't because matter. People, people are getting what they want yeah anyway and, and, and nights and, and literature nights where the, the, the comparing which I've seen before the comparing isn't that great yeah you've not even got a night you you're not even off the starting block. It's, no. all, it's all about the comparing. I think. Yeah. I think um, I have once or twice been to a night where you know the each person's slot is supposed to be ten minutes, and someone has taken twenty eight. And <laughs> Jesus. The the it's you know at that point it's not even about like generosity with the audience. It's like <laughs> the audience is desperately trying to leave. Yeah. You know, it, there's only the few, you know, most extremely polite British people left in those seats. Like yeah. they, they, have, they have emptied that night out. And I think that's really tough for hosts as well. 
I, I because also... you never want to get up and, and shut someone up and be like, right, okay, thank you, pull yeah. you off mm. with a cane. But at the same time, <laughs> like it, it creates a really tough situation yeah. when, when, you know, when people don't... Um, stick to their time. Don't stick to their time or, or take so many digressions from their written story that they've, yeah. they've gone to a point where like they, they don't have any capital with the audience anymore. Yeah. And, and it's so damaging because the ultimate aim of, of something like Bad Language and many of the other nights is to find those voices and those amazing people mm. and to, um, to encourage them to become better at their writing and to become better performers. And we've seen it happen with Bad Language. And I say it's all about the comparing, yeah. but that, that's only a means to an end. It has to be those voices have to be heard. But then if the comparing's not great or or you get crazy people doing like twenty eight minutes yeah. instead of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then those genuinely amazing new exciting voices are gonna be completely squeezed out. Yeah. So what what's the point, you know? So where does the electronica kind of stuff come into your life these days? Are you still writing or uh, are you still doing Whatever you're, well, you've got your blog, but are you doing in the magazine and stuff? Still? Yeah, so Electronic Sound magazine, mm. electroniksound.co.uk. <laughs> oh, he's good. Um, uh, so I'm a columnist for that right. and have been for a while. Uh, that's really good fun. They're great people, um, and I do a couple of things for them. Right. Um, so that that's uh, that's a lot of fun um, mm. coming up. Just being stupid. I mean, I I kind of I think I probably blog less because I come up with a great blog idea. Thinking actually that needs to go to the magazine. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so so do that. Um, and oh, still, I've totally lost blogging. Like it's not <coughs> even in my life anymore. I I had a personal blog that I kept from two thousand eight until sometime earlier this year, and it just got steadily more and more intermittent. And well, this this is this is the wider thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're on the last day of the Manchester Literature Festival as we record this, and mm -hmm. there's been no blog north awards, yeah. because yeah. Blog, blogging is now. Is it, it dead? Uh, oh, that's just such a <laughs> stupid question. Um, but it, but it it, it's it's uh, blogging now. It, it's uh, it's the Buzzfeed and it's. Facebook, you know, Instagram, so, yeah. I feel, um, I feel like Instagram. I, I yeah, follow yeah. more Instagram than blogs these days, and that there, there's a, it's there's been such a drive towards short form. Mm -hmm. The whole, I mean, people are more interesting now on Twitter than on blogs, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and it's just the time that it takes to craft a blog versus yeah. a tweet that you can send out at any point, yeah. but I mean, you know, it's my parents are the, the, the few people who are really keen for me to keep up my blog. And the last blog post I've put up was, was in April when my documentary came out mm -hmm. because it was like this big deal. It was my first Radio 4 documentary. And, um, and I actually had second wedding after that. Mm -hmm. Went mm -hmm. to Atlanta, mm -hmm. second wedding. Right. And my parents are just like, where's... Second wedding blog post. They're like, yeah, oh, it might God. never happen, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just not sure that's going to work out anymore. I still blog. I, mean, I blog this week, so I still I still do it. Yeah. But everyone I speak, speak to who knows that I'm a blogger going, yeah. oh, I used to like that blog you used to write. Yeah. But I'm still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still listening. It's not stopped for yeah. um, 11 years. Like, yeah. it's still going. But it's not um, It's not where people's focus. And not only that, but I think, for me, I, I completely lost interest in mine. It seems like 
for blog posts, you put a lot of effort in for very little gain. And I think it, it, it like a, a Twitter post for me anyway, drops off the page, but I've only spent 140 characters rather than, you know, crafting something. I, I, I had three years, I think, where I really focused on blogging. Yeah. And it was something like 2000, and, around the 2010 mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made a promise to myself to blog um, every three days. Yeah. So 120 times a year, and it was 140, 150 times. Mm-hmm. And that was really rewarding, really, really rewarding. Right. I mean, it helped me. For yourself, work. though, like, did for, for, for myself, uh, and, and also just for your profile. Yeah. I, I, you know, I write for Electronic Sound now because of that blog. Right, okay. I'm on the writing scene. Yeah. Doing, even doing bad language because of that blog. Right. Because that got, that opened the door onto the scene. Yeah. So, do you think you could, someone could do that now? Like, no, well, not, not in the, I don't, not in the same way. It's kind of YouTube now, I think. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's much more media. It's much more visual. Yeah. Audio visual, I think. So what you're saying is blogging is dead. Terrible question. How can it be? I just want to keep because I know it annoys you, and I just want to keep saying it's not even a flipping sentient being. It doesn't. It doesn't have a respiratory system. It's not got like. It's not got a heart. It can't die. But see, it's really interesting because you feel like <laughs> blogging is why you're part of the scene, writing scene. If I mean, if there's a scene and, and we're all in it, um, which is a terrible, terrible way to put it because, I don't know, were you around a few years ago when um, <laughs> there was this blog post about Manchester being super clicky? Right. I know um, this one. Okay, so this, yes. This this was a big <sighs> deal and can, like, okay, I just, okay, I remember it being a big deal. I remember being very new to Manchester. Should we say which blog it was? I don't remember all of that. That's the thing, like, I don't remember all of this. I don't so remember just, the Do you de- want to introduce the story or? I don't no, remember, go right ahead, that's good. I don't remember the details, but, um, uh, and this will reveal something. So, um, I, Ooh. I was blogging in mm-hmm. complete isolation. Yep. I was then shortlisted for and won the Manchester Blog Awards. Okay. Which for me just run, ran me over like a truck. Like you thought that like as a good thing, you mean? <coughs> as a good thing. Yep. Like it was like how did people read read this? Yeah. Complete news to me. Um, and then I had faith in my writing really for the first time in a long, long time. Yeah. Started writing short stories mm-hmm. on uh, three thirty words uh, initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then started doing bad language, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so that that all kind of happened at the same time. And mm-hmm. um, so for me, blogging, the blogging scene, whatever, was really inclusive. Because yeah. if you have me, then it will serve to have anyone. Like I, I'm, mm-hmm. the, I'm the ultimate non-joiner. Right. Don't join. Don't get involved with things. Um, and then some bloke. I know who it is, but some bloke did a um, a blog post. About it being real, like all clean. Basically, I, I because I they had friends in the in the scene. I don't that's know if why that was, I don't know if that was a year or when. It, I don't. I can't remember the timing of it. But yeah, it was around I don't about then. The timing. It, but I mean, I've I've never found that. But it's hard to say because you're in I, it. Yeah, exactly. So if it's something that I'm in, it's you know it becomes but really problematic. I had a response to that. I need to I need to insulate myself. This was initially quite. Um, Selfish. I need mm-hmm. to insulate myself against that. I never want to be accused of being cliquey. I, yeah. I don't want that to be a thing. So after that particular thing, um, I set up a blog in secret 
um, and it's called Didn'tsbury, and it was <laughs> a photo record of things I took photographs of in Didsbury right. with a surreal commentary attached. Right. And I did that on Tumblr, the first ever Tumblr thing. And I did that as a as, as completely just anonymously and I just let it find its audience. Yeah. Um, and then that one best blog of the year. Well, no, 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 no. But 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 the idea was if yeah. if that then gets I know I'm probably good enough to win the blog award mm-hmm. because it happened. If that if I make that really good, yeah. then if it gets recognised by the blog awards, yeah. then they're doing it off the quality, not off know, yeah. knowing it was me. Yeah. And it got a special accommodation in the following year's blog awards. Right. And as soon as it happened, I stopped the blog because I'd proved my point. Right. So if you go to Didn'tsbury, um, yeah. so it's Didsbury but didn't. Um, yeah, I got then, it. Then you, 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 you'll see it and, <laughs> and you'll see when it stopped. It stopped, it stopped like a month after the... The blog awards that year, yeah, and I just thought that I've, I've, that's it. It's not. It's not click that the judges aren't clicky at all. Yeah, because yeah, you know, I, I'm mates with them, but they had they had no idea at all. It yeah, was a complete secret. And it was on the front page of uh, the Southmaster Reporter. Yeah, and just that had loads. It's of, like, in, loads of Yeah, <laughs> had loads of interest. I was at page three. Um, star wow. of the South Manchester Reporter but like page one photo lead as well really and um, yeah 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 and I had to do it all in secret right um, which is hilarious I think the one thing that does get to me though in Manchester is, is just how few people of colour are involved in literature nights how few women I mean you know you've had mm-hmm. Abby, Kate, me on and yeah. you know one of your guests is male, but that's not at all representative of what no. it's like at Manchester Nights, I would say. No, it's not. It's not diverse. I, I really struggle with it. I, I think um, certainly for we had a bad language um, recently, which was eighty percent female, mm-hmm. and it had a very different feel and such a celebratory vibe about it. Yeah. Um, but the last bad language was eighty percent male. Yeah. And it's annoying because, like, um, so so we've just done the Royal Exchange recently, and I wanted one of those slots to be someone I picked from the open mic. Yeah. And so on 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 bad language, you might you may spot this. I'm making notes. Yeah. Um, and then I look at my notes and go, that person will perform on that stage because it's it's lifting them up a level. Yeah. But if I'm if I've got eighty percent men to choose from, yeah, then the people going up to that next level, we're going to perpetuate. The, yeah. the, the white men of, as well, isn't it? The yeah. white men of, yeah. of it all. Mm. Um, so it's really important that um, nights are representative. But it's difficult because obviously it's an open, open mic policy. Yeah, yeah I'm, but not, even I'm Abby. not having a go at your night. I'm, no, no, I'm no, saying, no, you're not. No, no, like, no. In general, it's, it is something that, you know, I'll go along and sometimes I'm the only woman or and usually the only person of colour getting on stage. Mm-hmm. Only and American as well, which is... <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm not the only American. There's me, there's Kate, there's oh, yeah, Trisha. Oh, yeah. There's Trisha. There's, Lo- like... there's too many Americans. <laughs> You're American, aren't you, Rob? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it is something that will turn me off. And I do think... Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're another woman of colour walking in, it's your first go. And, you know, let, let's say you make the the you know, horrible, horrible mistake of not doing something funny your first time. Mm-hmm. You think you'll be judged harder? I don't think you'll want to come back. Why? Because 
there are nights where I go along and I look around and I think there's there's no one like me mm-hmm. here and the fact that I'm American is is not really part of it yeah no to be honest that was a stupid joke there's a there's a diaspora experience mm-hmm. that um, that a lot of people uh, you know sort of get mm-hmm. and I just sort of felt like oh god they're like this is this is a room that won't necessarily get it when I'm not trying to be racist is not an excuse, and and that's really tough. Yeah, you know, it, and if you're if you're gonna get up and tell a story about race to a mm-hmm. room like that, and you're the only one, yeah. maybe it's your first time because because yeah. you don't know Socrates, you didn't get that tip. Yeah, um, I I think it can be a really really tough room sometimes. Yeah. in terms of, you know. And there are a few places that are trying to tell women's stories. Um, There's Stirred Poetry? The Stirred Poetry, which is a... uh, I guess guess they describe themselves as an inclusive feminist night. Yeah. Mm. So feminist night, but, but, you know, anyone can come. Yeah, yeah. But... um, So what do... I I know this is such a... I think it can be hard. When When I sit down and... I'm at a, any night, you know, and like I said, I'm not having to go at, at y'all's night, mm-hmm. but if it's 10 people and they're all men and yep. they're all white, I'm not going to come back to that night. Right. No, it's going to take a lot of people telling me that it's changed yeah. to, to come back. It's, yeah, it's, it's dangerous. It's a self-perpetuating thing. Yeah. And it's a problem with the whole scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's like, so I'm aware bad language is run by two guys. Yeah. Um, that's not by design obviously it's just we're the two people that run it um we want a third person to run it but that that person would would definitely be female and Mm -hmm. so you know selection process female sorry so that starts now (laughs) um but, but as you say, if twenty percent of your performers are female, yeah, you're, you're yeah, picking yeah. out of a very small. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and uh, as that gets self-perpetuating, as yeah. that keeps going. Um, and so, um, but at the moment, like we, we we're actually just working on a basic organisational skills. So if a third person does come along, mm-hmm. they're actually working alongside a well-oiled machine at the moment. It's not we're not there. We're not at that level mm-hmm. where we would be happy to share the. the me and Joe, like there's nothing, you know. So yeah. we're, we're kind of work, we're working on that, um, yeah. to you know get bad language to the next level and all that kind of stuff. So that yeah. that will happen at some point. But um, but how do you attract I, more? I don't know what the answer is. Women, and, yeah, no. yeah. I don't know what the answer is because I mean, for me, I'm often like, wow, I'm I'm the only person of color in yeah. the whole room. Um, I, I, but I, sometimes I, I feel like that in the city. <laughs> really, in Manchester. Yeah, I mean, it's partly just because of because of the fact that Manchester, I think, in a lot of ways, is really self segregating. Um, you you walk through the northern quarter and I think yeah. that, yeah. that that would exactly. uh, be true. Yeah, it's pretty white. Exactly, but then but then parts of Russia you don't see that many white people unless yeah. they're they're you know out ha- having a curry. Yeah. Um, mm. And I, I think that's partly just the the way that this city lives its life, and um, it's it's exhausting. Mm. I mean, I don't. I, I there are lots of times where I'm like, oh god, there's no people of color here. Yeah. And I just like, oh. Do you think it's different? I don't have any actual like good friends in this town who are people of color. All my Indian right. friends are back home. Like, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know, you know. And mm-hmm. once or twice, um, there's this one there's this one woman, she's so funny. Her name's Anjali Shah, and she's performed at First Draft. Mm-hmm. And 
I swear, I saw her and I was like, oh my God, are you getting on the stage as well? Mm, like two wow. brown ladies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. This is a huge thing. You know, yeah. God, I wish I did comedy. We could do a double act. It'd be yeah. amazing. But, you know, it's, I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. It's something that's really tough and it's, yeah. but I, from the experience side of it, I can just say it's exhausting. I remember there was, there was one open mic where I did a little bit of publicity yeah. through, I would describe as female heavy publicity channels. Yeah. Um, and I thought that's great. This is really good. So open mics opened. Men, 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 men. Like yeah. loads of men. Well, you know, women as well, but generally a bit, yeah, bit yeah, too, yeah. too many. And then way after the deadline, all these publicity channels came good. Yeah. But we was all booked. Like, oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. what happened there? So, yeah, it's kind of, um, we do try. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and I mean, and Kate and I spend, for the real story, we spend, and we don't do open mic. We produce the whole night. Um, we, we know what people are going to read before they mm-hmm. get up. We, we, we produce it heavily. So, but I think that that is one way of changing it. It's the nights where the lineup is chosen. Yeah, it is upon those people to make sure they're providing role models for as wide people as possible. Yeah, anyway, that's not easy, is it? But but I think that that's something that does help. Yeah, and we we do think fairly carefully about bad language headliners, and probably need to try yeah. more of that. But we will say if you have a run of guys or, or even one of the women we kind of you, you try and mix it up if, if you can yeah um, in the same way we try, we try to mix up poetry and fiction well thank you very much guys I thank appreciate you. you coming in thanks for having us thank you join us I suppose yeah <laughs> <laughs>
a good start. Maybe someone who's self-published, that would be a good one. And we can, uh, we'd have something in common. We can talk about how shit self-publishing is. No, I'm, t I'm tainting your view of it. We can talk about what you think of self-publishing, and then I can tell you how shit it is. If you're looking to perform on stage, or you just want something to do during the week, man, there are literary nights everywhere. Uh, contact Nija or Fats, and, uh, you know, they'll hook you up.